You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. We're talking with Kim Miller, a registered dental hygienist, about the medical systemic link to oral health. Kim is an international speaker, writer, trainer, and coach with Inspired Hygiene. Kim's passion is to help clinicians incorporate the oral systemic link, treating periodontal disease with the whole body in mind, resulting in healthier, happier patients and more fulfilled clinicians. Kim, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Thank you, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's start with our first question. Tell us why you're so passionate about the medical systemic link to oral health. Well, it's been quite a journey over the last few years, but I will tell you that one of the things that I have learned is that these periodontal bacteria are directly related to the atherogenic triad. So for example, there are three really bad boys that we are aware of, AA, which produces a leukotoxin that kills endothelial cells. It prevents repair. Um, AA is tissue invasive and transmittable. And then FN, also a very bad bacteria, is what we are gonna call the enabler. It increases permeability of the endothelial lining. And as you know, our entire cardiovascular system is lined with endothelial cells. And then PG also, Another bad boy, um, which is known to induce genetic transformation of smooth muscle cells, which also line the cardiovascular system. PG is a community activist for disease and it manipulates the host response. So that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. These three bacteria are really invasive and um, involved in the atherogenic triad. So some of our colleagues and medical counterparts aren't completely convinced there is a connection between overall systemic health and oral health. Um, I certainly believe there is, but where do you get your information and how reliable are the sources that you go to? So I appreciate that question. It's not uncommon for me to present at a national meeting and get some pushback from the audience, as you can well imagine. Uh, One of the things that I have done uh, so I think I'm a four-time graduate of the Baildonin Perceptorship Method. They wrote a book called Beat the Heart Attack Gene, and one of the key components that they refer to throughout this book is what's happening with the periodontal pathogens and how they delve into the arterial system. Now, um, Dr. Bale and Dr. Donin wrote a systematic review of all of the data to date, and it was published in the postgraduate medical journal, uh, the actually the British postgraduate medical journal in April of 2017. And it really goes through all of the research that we have to date and breaks down for us what those risks are and why these periodontal pathogens are so Uh, They refer to them as causal, that they are causal for heart attack and stroke. And of course, they make worse diabetes. So that's just one of the sources. The other source that I really rely on heavily is the American Academy of Periodontology. And you probably are aware that last fall in November of 2017, the American Academy of Periodontology met with the European contingent of the... um, um, I think it's called the European uh, Academy of Periodontology, and they 
went through all of this information as well. And they have come out basically and said that there is this very strong medical systemic link and that these bacteria, when gums are bleeding, that these bacteria, when they enter the bloodstream, are putting our patients at risk for heart attack and stroke. This paper points directly to the dental professional and says, you know, we ought to step up to the plate here and take more responsibility for our patients to effectively treat the cause of the bleeding gums. So it's not treating periodontal disease has shifted from being about the removal of calculus from the root surface to being about diminishing or eliminating the bleeding gums. Because when the gums are bleeding, these dangerous bacteria are getting into the bloodstream. And it only right. takes about 60 seconds for these bacteria to travel all throughout the body. So the information I get is usually from the American Academy of Periodontology. And, th and these articles that you mentioned um, are very, very compelling to, to support your, you know, your whole concept, uh, which is more than a concept at this point, is it not? I mean, don't most dentists understand and accept this um, connection? Wow. Again, what a great question, because I would tell you the answer is no. Uh, and not only do most dentists not readily accept this information, neither do hygienists. We, um, wow. here's the thing. You have to go looking for the information. It's, and unfortunately, I find that a lot of my dental colleagues are not spending their, they're not doing their due diligence and flipping through the pages of their journals and researching what the medical systemic link are and and why that why it has such an impact on patients overall health and wellness yeah. so if i could give you an example in july of this year 2018 there was a piece of research released by the annual european congress of rheumatology so a lot of these uh, journals and a lot of the information that i look at uh, are not coming to us in dental journals, they're coming to us in uh, our medical counterparts, uh, those journals. So in this particular case, they found that rheumatoid arthritis is associated with antibodies that are present well before any evidence of joint disease occurs. And so this is suggesting that these bacteria are coming from an outside source, outside of the joint. And so in this particular study, it was the first one to describe that this abundance of periopathogens in individuals that are at risk for rheumatoid arthritis actually cause or trigger this lo local inflammation at, at these sites and trigger rheumatoid arthritis. This is all something that every dentist and hygienist should not only know, but they should also be relaying this information to their patients in some Relaying form. it to their patients. Absolutely. And in, and in this particular piece of research, they point to the bacteria PG. It's the only human pathogen that is known to express a particular enzyme that generates these proteins, uh, citrullinated proteins, they're called, that characterize this antibody response that triggers rheumatoid arthritis. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And this is, this is not the, I mean, this is not the only a piece of evidence we could keep going. There's evidence that uh, PG is also involved in esophageal squamous cell carcinoma. Hmm. And that either, either PG has a specific niche 
where it lives in those tumors or it facilitates the growth of the tumor. Right. And the list just keeps uh, keeps going on and on. I came across a really interesting study on macular degeneration that also came out this year in March of this year that that PG is implicated in um, macular degeneration, adult onset macular degeneration. And this particular study, and this came from the International and American Associations for Dental Research. So this was a dental related piece of literature. This is the first study that demonstrates this link between oral pathogen infection and macular degeneration pathogenesis, and that PG actually invades the human retinal pigment epithelial cells, and it causes an elevated risk for macular degeneration. I mean, and it's a pretty short trip if you think about it from the oral cavity to the eyeball. Right, right. So it's causing this PG is causing all sorts of havoc around the body. And one of my ne- my next question was actually, and you've answered part of this already. What are some of the most surprising medical systemic links? And what I mean by that is, what other parts of the body have bacteria, periobacteria, been found? Now you've mentioned right. You've mentioned several already. Any additional ones you'd like to talk about? Well, there was a, a really interesting study, and I think that um, most of my dental colleagues have heard about this. There was a term stillbirth that was caused by FN, the bacteria FN. And this was Case Western University, and this was uh, several years ago. But what was unique about this was that this particular woman had carried her child to term, and she got an acute respiratory infection in the last weeks of her pregnancy. And what happened was the baby, uh, after the baby was stillborn, there was an autopsy. And what they found was that the baby's stomach and lungs were full of this pathogen FN. So they went back and they cultured rectally and vaginally, and they cultured orally to see where that FN came from. And they found that it only was in this woman's subgingival biofilm or her subgingival plaque. Hmm. So the bacteria FN entered her bloodstream through bleeding gums. And um, what we now know, what and what I've learned, is that this particular bacteria, FN, kind of punches holes in the epithelial lining, uh, the endothelial lining, and allows bacteria to pass through the uh, placental barrier, also through the blood-brain barrier. This bacteria, this one, FN, this was one of the ones I mentioned to you a couple of minutes ago where I mentioned that FN is implicated because it's an enabler. This is the one that increases the permeability of the endothelial lining. So when that occurs, then dangerous bacteria are going to get places that they're not supposed to get. And in this case, invaded the placental uh, area, which is supposed to be shielded from all of these bacteria. And we've always thought that that, you know, that placental barrier filtered things out and that the blood brain barrier is supposed to do that as well. So periodontal pathogens are also implicated in dementia and Alzheimer's. And there's a bucket load of studies that have been done watching patients and and studying those patients that have advanced or moderate periodontal disease and watching their their mental decline, the increase of dementia. That's fascinating stuff. If if a dental office wants to learn more about the mouth-body connection, um, where should they go for this information? And and the other question is, how can they best incorporate this information into their daily p- patient care? 
Well, I'll tell you, there's a couple of things that I would recommend. One is if you have an opportunity uh, to take the Baildonine course. And uh, the other thing would be definitely to get involved with AOSH, the American Academy of Oral Systemic Health, which is an organization that is bringing together both medical and dental professionals. The, uh, the other thing that I would recommend that you could do immediately would go to Google and search landmark study. And when you search the landmark study, you are gonna pull up a patient-friendly version of this Bale Donin article, the systemic review, the systematic review that was published in the British Medical Journal. You're gonna pull up a patient-friendly version. And I recommend to all of my clients that they give this patient-friendly version to their patients. And fascinatingly enough, one of the there are several bullet points that I really like in this patient-friendly version, but it talks about brushing. And it even says, despite what you might have heard on network news, that they did a nine-year study of 5,600 adults who never flossed. And those people that never flossed had a higher, had a 30% higher death rate than those who floss daily. Hmm. And it goes on to talk about brush your teeth before you go to bed, go to the dentist every three months, um, the study found that people who hadn't gone to a dentist in the previous year had a 50% higher mortality rate. So how do we let our patients know about this? We simply start talking about it. Let our patients know that there is a relationship, that when their gums are bleeding, that dangerous bacteria are going to enter the bloodstream and it puts the patient at risk for heart attack, stroke, and it exacerbates diabetes. But this landmark study is real easy to read, doesn't have big words, it's patient-friendly, it's a page and a half, and I suggest that my clients print it on one piece of paper, double-sided, and on the second uh, page, on the bottom half, put your practice name, right? Your name, your practice information, your website, your phone number, because these documents have a way of finding them, themselves into other people's hands, and not only is it good information for the patient, but it's also an opportunity to market your practice giving out important literature to your patients. Yeah, no, that's great advice. What is the Google search that you recommended for that article? Just to repeat it one more time for our listeners. Uh, Google search landmark study, or mm -hmm. you could put Bale Donin landmark study, and it's Bale, like a bale of hay, B-A-L-E, and Donin is D like David, O-N-E-E-N. -E -E perfect, perfect. Well, that's great information. Thank you so much, Kim, for your time on this podcast. Um, very serious stuff when you have bleeding gums. This is not something to take lightly. And hopefully the dentists and the hygienists get on board with this and make sure they communicate this health risk to their patients on a daily basis. Um, and thanks. Absolutely. For, yeah. I mean, it's just. And if I just in closing, if I could say I would um, I would be more than happy to respond to email and uh, point you in the right direction. Can I give my email? Address? Oh, yeah, sure. Feel free to. Yeah. It's Kim at inspiredhygiene.com. So feel free to email me and shoot me off some questions. I'll be happy to point you in the right direction. Yeah, thanks. I'm so pretty much. passionate about this particular yeah, topic. Passion, sure. passion is a good thing, um, especially when it comes to mentoring others. So just in case you did not get Kim's email, it's, it's Kim at inspiredhygiene.com. Inspired is I-N-S-P-I-R-E-D hygiene.com. Thanks again, Kim. We'll have, we'll have you on soon for another podcast. Thank you, Phil.